Is it that guy's space hamster? That would have been the perfect name. That's wrong. That's not the perfect name. Yeah. Need some coffee. Chris, and welcome to our podcast, where we've been talking about video games for 28 years, and now we continue to do that, except we record it, and then put it on a computer, and then I edit it together, and then I upload it to Anchor, and then you listen to it. And we spread it to the masses, eventually. So far, that hasn't actually happened. <laughs> yeah. It's only been five weeks. Yeah, yeah. We're recording a little late on a Tuesday than we normally do, because we spent the first hour, I think, <laughs> trying to think of a stupid name. We got really close. There's some decent names in there. Yeah. Yeah, we're... we're Nothing we're, that quite hit home. No. I really wanted to call it Space Hamster, but that's some YouTuber who's got... 600,000 subscribers. Yeah. Punk. Mm-hmm. He might be really great. Maybe he's a great guy. It could be. I could be he probably is. Yeah. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. And we're, Do you like entertaining 13-year-olds? Yeah. Because I assume that's what all of the audience of YouTube is. Yeah. And the other name we were we were thinking, <laughs> we threw out Firefield, which uh, is a bit too of a deep cut. Uh, that would have been a reference to Ultima Online, and it's the spell that a guy casts to kill Lord British. But there's also Gatekeeper, which is a reference <laughs> yeah. to a board game called Nightmare yeah. that we played as kids. It's extremely <laughs> obscure, so that's probably the next level. Answer me, maggot. <laughs> Answer me, maggot. And we just, yeah, we're trying to add in maggots, which maybe didn't seem too appealing to a podcast name. Yeah, I don't think we can put maggot in the title. <laughs> but maybe we can. If we could make that work, it would be pretty cool. It would be memorable. <laughs> it would be, it'd be something. Mm-hmm. If it didn't. Turn people away, it would be memorable. Yeah. Alright, so today, on today's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, part one. It's going to be your usual opening, which you just heard. Great. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about one of my favorite uh, addictive games. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about HQ for a moment. You got a little bit about Shadow Tactics. We're going to talk a bit more about... Oh, I've got an update on the whole City Skylines uh, issue, because I tried to play Zero K. And had the same issue. That is a bummer. Yeah. Getting closer to finding out what's going on. I know. Uh, part two, we're going to talk about uh, Blood Bowl 2, the PS4 game. Uh, and then we're going to talk some more about For Honor. We're going to revisit that because I finally got a chance to play a lot more with with some people. Fun. Yep. And then part three, the final part, we're going to talk about... Texas Showdown, the fighting game tournament that I went to this weekend. My first fighting game tournament of any kind. And... It was fun. Yeah. And you'll find out how fun and how bad I am at fighting games pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I think we'll briefly mention DreamHack, which is coming up in Austin later. But cool, let's get started. So. Why don't you go ahead and tell us you know about what's, what's about to happen. Our favorite. Wait, check it out. Check this out. Check this out. Cue the music. Music. There's a sound segment. We've already talked about this. No. Okay, just go with your lunch. Come on. Let's get this over with. Alright, so uh, I'm around level 160s now. Uh, I attempted my second limit break and failed, um, which sucked. That's what you get for playing that game. <laughs> it's like, it's not the, start the grind all over again. Or just pay them $20. No. no. I think it's like actually 50 bucks to get it. Oh my god. <laughs> We've got all the packages. Come on. You spend $100 if you want to. It'd be great. Uh, if, you want, if you want a special mount, like right away. I don't want that. I don't want anything from Lineage. That's how these games we're gonna, are. We're going to title our podcast, Damn It Lineage. <laughs> 
So I uh, did that. I The one bummer this week is I haven't been able to play as many clan dungeons. So we always, every every night, we have it organized. We're at 8 p.m. Central. Um, the whole clan meets up, and we run through these series of clan dungeons, which are difficult unless you have, like, 40 people playing. And uh, the, the rewards are great. You get some great loot, which is fun. Um, however, I've been missing it because there's another game that happens live at 8 p.m. every night, and that game is called HQ. Ooh, the quiz game, the quiz game, the app trivia game. Uh, HQ was released in August 2017 for iOS, and then came out on Android December 31st, 2017. I didn't really just how new this game is. Rachel, my wife, started playing it she did. basically when it first came out. So it came out first on iPhone, yep. and then later on Back Android. Back in August, yeah. Right? So it's only been out on Android. Even it's, it's been out for less than a year. It's only been on Android for a couple months. Um, I was a little jealous of it at first, but there's a big reason why yeah. I'm and we'll get no to, longer jealous. I'll bring that guy. I'll bring the, I'll I bring know, that know, name up here in a second. Right. Yeah. So tell me about your HQ experience. So, so, so for those of you who don't know what HQ is, HQ is a, a created by the same people who created Vine. Uh, Russ, I'm going to butcher this name. Y- Yusupov. I wish his name was Russ Hanneman. Why Russ Hanneman? Silicon Valley. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got to catch up to refresh your brain. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I am behind. No spoilers. Uh, uh, but Russ Yusupov and Colin uh, Knoll. And it's hosted by Chris's favorite person in the universe, mm. uh, Scott Rogowski. Yeah, I love the word favorite, how it changes meaning <laughs> at 12 o'clock on Tuesdays. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's great. So uh, I've, I've been playing the game a lot. I've been having fun. It's basically you get 10 seconds to respond to a trivia question live with what I've seen up to almost 2 million people playing at the same time. Usually it's like oh, just over a million. Uh, and you're all competing for like a $5,000, $10,000, $10, or $25,000 cash prize. So you get 12 questions. It's only 10 seconds per question, so there's literally no time to look anything up. So you can't cheat. Um, it all happens live. So You can look up stuff. But you run out of time. Not if somebody else is helping you. They don't have, like, literally, they got less than 10 seconds. That's enough time to but, type it. Not all questions, but a lot of them you can. By the time you're done reading, but they don't they don't start it after this. They, the moment they start reading the question, the 10 seconds begins. So you like, start typing as you're being read the question. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying, you. Can, I mean, I've done it when I was playing with Rachel. Oh, yeah? Because I wanted to see if that was feasible. It's not feasible with every question, and probably the harder ones it's really not. Okay. But a lot of them, you can type it in, and it's going to be the first result. And sometimes you have to kind of guess. Like, you'll just see a word, and uh-huh. you just scan it. Quickly scan back to the answers and then match it. it doesn't always work, but it does work. It does work. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because I didn't. I just didn't think it'd be possible to be. It to is be definitely possible for some subset of the questions. All right. Well, it's still not too so, bad. It's still it's still pretty short. It's still and it's just a silly yeah quiz game. But, but the point is, you know, you get you play for a minute. They hit you rapid fire with twelve questions. If you make it all the way to the end, then you you get to share in a big cash prize. Which sometimes I've seen people win. Two dollars, three dollars. The other day, I saw I saw it was a twenty five thousand dollar prize, and I saw three people split it, so they got eight grand each, which was pretty that's hard. a hefty amount of money for that game. Usually, the times that I played it, everyone was getting ten dollars. Yeah, something around that. Yeah. But it's fun, and it's also super fast. So you jump in. So the problem though is that's causing me to miss my clan dungeons on. Mm, I don't know which I feel worse or better about. <laughs> you really hate this, don't you? Yeah, it's just like. It, my stomach kind of just gets a little unsettled thinking about my options could be lineage to <laughs> or HQ. And so why do you hate so, Rogowski so okay, much? Okay, so here's the thing. Right, so HQ, Scott, Scott Rogowski is his name. Scott Rogowski. The host. 
He is a cringeworthy, extremely annoying host for the show. <laughs> Nothing he says to me is funny, and I hate everything that comes out of his mouth, at least during that show. I don't know him personally. He could be a totally fine guy, but as a host, absolutely hate him. And it completely detracts from any sort of enjoyment I have. What specifically about... Because I'm, I'm leading you, I'm leading you into this. What specifically about what he's saying that bothers you so much? It's just really cringeworthy. It's just like it's, the stuff that he comes up with is not funny. It's like constant puns and and weird pop culture references and. Right, I haven't listened to him or done the quiz in a few months, so I can't give you a specific okay. example. But nothing he said made me happy. <laughs> so I will say. <laughs> I <laughs> I kind of felt that way at first. Okay, but the with the the rapid delivery of like just like very cringeworthy stuff, but it it's such volume and it's such speed. Uh, I went from being irritated to laughing to just standing in awe of his ability. Have you heard of Stockholm sp- syndrome before? <laughs> I stand in awe of his ability to just spew uh, this just like they should borderline rename. nonsensical uh, stream. They should rename HQ Stockholm syndrome. Then based on that, <laughs> okay. I did not get to that point. I got to uh, uninstall. That was where I got to. Uh, you know, um, so I've, I've been playing that, okay. and I almost won the other day. I got to the twelfth question, and it came up, and it said basically the short version is what is flint used for? And I saw explosives, computer chips, and balloons, or something like explosives that. Explosives seems pretty reasonable. So I chose explosives. Guess, right? Okay. I thought was a flintlock pistol, and I was like, oh, sure, yeah, you can do yeah, whatever. And flint you used to make fire. Yeah. So I jumped out of my chair. Aaron walked into the office, and I'm like, I won, I won. Hit me like I'd already hit the button. I was like, hit, hit me with the right answer. Watch this. I'm gonna win. I'm gonna win. And that turned out to being um, circuit boards, because flint. I think if I remember correctly, flint is is a uh, Either composite same materials are used to create uh, silicon, which is used in uh, circuit boards. Hey. So a whole lot of people missed that one. You could have learned that without having to listen to Scott Rogowski, but I guess it's okay. <laughs> yeah, another thing we're learning is that, especially about halfway through the quiz, especially through the end, you get a whole lot of like trick questions. So it's almost like sure. whatever your instinct is, go with the next one. You know, just knock that one out and then pick pick one of the other two. It's kind of like the. Uh, it's kind of, okay. You can almost treat it like the, um, the goat versus the car game in the three doors. You know that that, you know, if, if you you pick a door and the host says that one's not it, or, or the, you pick a door and the host says, you, let's say you pick door one, right? And there's door two and door three are still remaining. And one behind one door is a car. Behind one door is a goat. And why, why, behind one door is nothing, I guess. And, okay. And he says, so you pick door one, and he points at door two and says, hey, door two is definitely not the car. So the question is, should you switch your choice or should you stay with your choice? Interesting. And mathematically, you should always switch your choice. And so if so, I'm going to apply that theory, that game theory to HQ and say, if, when you're getting later in the levels, whatever your first instinct is in terms of that's the obvious answer. is wrong. That's wrong. And I guess you can't apply that. Never mind. This doesn't make any sense, does it? Just uninstall it. There's no reason to think about this game anymore. Yeah. Well, Although I guess you could make money here eventually to put that into Lineage 2. Maybe that's your subconscious plan. That's why you were really attracted to HQ to begin with. Is you yes, wanted some way of getting Lineage 2 I, stuff for free. And the only way of doing that is to make money on some other crappy game that really, shouldn't exist. I really, I really do not want to spend money on Lineage 2. I well, try to, the longer to, you play, the more you'll eventually sink into actually putting money And I'm going to justify it and say, like, well, 
I've spent so much time. I've got sure. all this free entertainment. Mm-hmm. I five, it's worth five bucks. Absolutely. Point, right? Yeah. I, this is how I put in. I put in a hundred dollars into League of Legends when I was playing it <laughs> for just skins, right? For just skins. I did buy some characters too because right. I like having the variety of different characters. Yeah. That took course over the two and a half years. So I got a lot of time and a lot of enjoyment, and I got an enjoyment out of seeing my skins on my characters. It was cool. <laughs> it's hard to say whether it's worth it or not, but I enjoyed. I don't have any regrets out of putting a hundred dollars into League of Legends. However, okay. I put eighty bucks into Hearthstone. Completely regret that. I don't regret <laughs> spending anything more than the eighty for video games. Yeah, than the eighty dollars I put into Hearthstone. Wow, we talked about Hearthstone, right? Just, we might have. I, I we've, we've talked about it personally. I don't yeah. know if we talked about it on the podcast because you hate you hate how random. Hate, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. It's no. a, okay. okay, let's table that. I can spiel against Hearthstone for a while. All right, well, that's that's uh, my lineage two update. Cue the outro music. And, yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> so let's jump to uh, Shadow Tactics. So Shadow Tactics is the single player game that I've been playing that I've actually enjoyed immensely so far. After two to three hours to play so far. I'm through the first two missions in the game. I think there's 13, something okay. in the low teens. What kind of game is it? It's a stealth strategy game. Okay. Most stealth games, you know, you're like Hitman or something, right? It's a first person or third person shooter type games. So you're sort of sneaking around. Well, this, it's an isometric. You get to see the whole map. Mm-hmm. And you're controlling between one and five characters so depending on, on the map. So there's a cool strat- strategic component, and I like it a lot more than other stealth games I've played. And I think because of that, uh, most of these stealth games, there's a lot more kind of waiting and having to visually like look at this guy on this part of the map and visually look at this guy on this map, and it's not always clear how they're going to be able to detect you. But this, it's very clear how all of the vision works in the game. Mm-hmm. And so it's much easier to assess what the right, not necessarily what the right strategy is, but assess what your options are. So I enjoy that a lot more than other stealth games I've played, which is why I think I like it so much. And also I typically like kind of that RPG strategic yeah. overview. So that already appeals to me more than... It's the same kind of game game mechanic as XCOM, right? Is it... Is sort well. A team of people. You control a team of people, but it's more puzzly than strategic. Okay. There are uh, shadow strike is shadow tactics. Shadow tactics is shadow strike. Uh, there are uh, so each map has. Uh, you can kind of break it down into several different individual puzzles. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit can carry over, so maybe you uh, kill somebody, but you don't bring the body to somewhere to hide it. Well, another guy on his little guard patrol can come by and later mess you up when you're further down the the map. Okay. But for the most part, the way that it plays out is, okay, I've got this little puzzle to solve. Okay, I solved it. Then go on to the next one, same thing, so on until you get through the whole thing. Uh, The only carryover might be if you get damaged while you're doing your thing, that'll also persist. Uh, what I really like, though, is just how many different options you have for solving, solving all of those mini puzzles. Usually, uh, on those kind of games, there's a right answer. But this, there's multiple right answers at a time. So maybe I'm going to go through the building and sneak behind this guy and assassinate him. Maybe I'm going to climb on rooftops and go around and 
set a distraction so the other guy goes somewhere else and I can sneak by him. Now, you've got a lot of tools at your disposal. There's up to five different unique characters in the game, and they each have four different moves, I believe, in addition to also being able to heal. So all of these moves kind of play out a little bit differently. For instance, uh, the first two characters you get introduced to, there's a samurai, mm-hmm. so he's just a big guy who can go in and kill multiple people at the same time. So if there's a group of three guys around, yeah. just send him in. He'll do all the work. Okay. If you've got your ninja guy, though, he can only kill one person at a time, but he's got a shuriken, so he can kill people from distance. He can also... What, what's the setting in this game? It's uh, Jap- Feudal Japan. Okay, so it's like a stealth strategy game in Feudal Japan. Gotcha. Okay. So in the uh, at- atmosphere of the setting, all of it works pretty well. The characters and story is cool. My complaint so far is that it just takes a long time to load maps. Oh, really? It takes mm, one to two minutes to load a map. For like an isometric game? It's really weird. That is weird. There's, yeah. no, there's no problem once you're loaded. It's totally fine. Are the graphics like out of this world? Or is it just... No, they look good. The It's very visually appealing. Yeah. But it's very surprising how long it takes. So I will just literally go do something else. Or sucks. read Reddit. Save my Reddit time for when I'm going to play Shadow Tactics. <laughs> because it's going to be enough time to get me through. One thing it does that's really cool is it tells you in the top mm-hmm. when the last time you quick saved was. Oh, you don't think about that as being really, what, I needed this in a game, but it's awesome. Because you can look up and realize, oh my god, it's been four minutes since I've quicksaved. I need to quicksave right now. Yeah, yeah. I like that feature a lot. Everything else in it has been good. There's, like I said, a lot of options, good characters, good story. Uh, killing doesn't feel as restrictive as it does in other stealth games. How do you mean? Which, in a lot of stealth games, when you kill somebody, you... Basically, just a horde of guards come after you. Okay. This one, it's a lot easier to kill someone without another character seeing it okay. because you have all of the data. You know who's looking where at all times. Mm-hmm. So you can tell if I do this action, I'm going to be able to sneak his body somewhere where nobody's going to be able to see it and move on to the next point. Okay. That's not usually possible in other stealth games. You might be able to kind of look at the situation and guess this might be okay to eliminate this guy. Yeah, so that's kind of where the puzzle aspect comes into play then, I take it. I think the puzzle aspect is stronger because of that. And the uh, another similar uh, strategic stealth game that I played is called Invisible Ink. It's a roguelike stealth strategy game. Mm-hmm. Also a very fun game. Those are the only two stealth games I can say I genuinely enjoy. Okay. And they are very unique in what they offer. Invisible Ink. Invisible Ink. And Shadow Society. The only difference being Shadow Tactics is real-time. Mm-hmm. Invisible Ink is turn-based. Oh, I was imagining this was a, a, a so this turn-based is, game. This is it, it is a real-time, and there's no pause. I expected there to be pause, because uh, Baldur's Gate and all those kind yeah. of games that are isometric all have a pause. Yeah. There's actually no pause in the game. The only way you can kind of slow down the action is there's the shadow mode. Okay. You can assign every character one move to do and then execute it. So you might get to a point where, okay, we're all safe. The guards are over here. You're here. You're fine. But I want to execute all this complicated set of moves together, mm-hmm. do shadow mode, give everyone an order, click a button to go, and they all execute it. That's cool. So there's there's like so a, there is a way of making it work. Yeah, that is, I can see how that would add a lot of tension and fun. It does. I didn't like it at first until I got a little bit in, and I realized, A, it's fair. There's no bullshit about it. It's not like I'm having to quickly react to something that is uh, unexpected. Everything I know I'm going to have to react to, I know ahead of time, because I see it all on the map. 
there's no there's nothing being hidden from me. So everything I'm doing in the game is rewarded by fair play and challenging. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I can see that being fun because that way you don't you don't spend forever. I remember playing Baldur's Gate, and although I enjoy this aspect of it, I've spent like an hour just sitting there, like okay. You know, quick save. All right, what's the most optimal move here? <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. Okay, reload. Okay, now let me try this mode or hope for the right roll or something like that. But yeah, if it's just real time, it's just flowing. I, yeah, that's cool. That's a cool it. game. I think it it'll it probably go the distance. Yeah, I was about to ask. That was my next question. Are you going to keep playing? So usually by two to three hours into a game, mm-hmm. I have a pretty good idea on whether or not I'm going to finish it. Yeah. There are a few games that I've made it to that point where I'm still... Kind of on the edge. Am I going to actually keep playing? I'm pretty confident I'm going to finish this game. I would be surprised. I'm on the third level. Every level keeps introducing new stuff. There's a lot of variety. Constantly taxing my brain, which I really enjoy in this setting. And I'm not being forced to... I don't really like puzzle games usually because there's just a right answer and it can kind of be head bashing to find that right answer. But because there are always multiple right answers... You have the freedom and flexibility to kind of play the game how you want to play it. Okay. So, so far, so good. I think it'll end up being on that top 50 list. Hey, it's kind of hard to say this 50. early. <laughs> but I, it's it's looking pretty good so far. Yes. Everything about it, other than the long loading times on the map, uh-huh. have been good to exceptional. All right. We need to find a... Uh... Some sort of like sound effect for when you say top, top 50. 50. Yeah. We should. Uh, here, <laughs> I like that. So future, future John, when you're editing the show, uh, Chris is going to say top 50 a couple times right now. And, and I'm going to play different Top ones. 50. Top 50. All right. Top 50. <laughs> Give me one more. Top 50. <laughs> Top 50. <laughs> All right. All right, it's not. <laughs> Top 50. You're, you're going to regret saying that so many Top times. Top 50. <laughs> Top 51. Oh. Fun with that later, uh, or I guess as you're listening to us now, you've heard the results of my super high tech producing editing skills. Yeah. Um, so we've got one more, one more thing, one more quick update before we go to break. Uh, so we talked, you talked about zero K, the spiritual annihilator, spiritual, <laughs> spiritual, spiritual annihilator, <laughs> total, That's kind total of succession. True. I don't think there's any reason to play total annihilation now if you've got zero K. Yeah. So the Spiritual successor to <laughs> Total Annihilation, uh, an open source um, RTS robot destruction game with infinite armies, from what I heard. Checks so, out. Yeah, so I was like, that sounds cool. And it was free. So Completely free. Yeah, that sounds Not pay to win free. Just, just actually free. And uh, that's awesome for those of us on limited budgets, like myself. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me check it out. So I downloaded it on Steam, uh, installed it, opened it up. Try to play it and guess what? What happened? Yeah. Although we already talked about this before that we started. So no, nope, I don't know what happened. happened. Yeah. Tell me. So it played uh, exactly like City Skylines did. I had the same uh, performance issue, and and I just it's tough to describe exactly what it is. I just having 
tried to play City Skylines so many times, when I was confronted with this in, in uh, Zero K, I immediately recognized, oh, this is the same performance. Is it behavior. stutter? Is that the problem? It's like a stuttering, slow loading. I don't want to use the word lag because that implies a network thing, but sure. it felt, yeah, it felt like a slow stuttering inability to render everything on the screen and just, just, yeah. There's certainly something there. Yeah. So, uh, well, I took that as a good thing because that helps me diagnose the problem. That, that indicates that maybe it's not a problem with City Skylines. Maybe it should be good because you love that game. I love that game. Yeah, maybe it's a problem with my computer itself. And so uh, the way I have my computer set up, I've got two solid state drives. I have a small one that holds my operating system and like you know the critical files, uh, and then I have a second, much larger one that holds all of my games and movies and music and all this stuff, right? And so that way, you know, if I, I can, if I want to like reformat or reinstall or something, I can do that on one drive and, and everything. But also solid state's great because everything moves super fast. So my concern is now, or my thought is now that either my solid state drive that I have the games installed on is starting to fail on me because it, you know, it's not necessarily the most high end one. I, you know, it's kind of cheap, which so, would be crappy though, yeah. nonetheless. Yeah, it would be crappy. You expect it to last a little bit. How long, you, how long have you had it for? Actually, I've had it for like six years. Okay, that's got, still pretty early for yeah, a hard I, drive to fail. I could sit, I could sit back and like calculate it. Hold up. We're gonna, I'm going to pause recording, put some Jeopardy music in there, and I'll tell you. So, I, let's see. I built the computer. All right. So, we're back. Six or seven years. Yeah. I've had it. Still not a very long time. Yeah. For something to fail. It's really cheap. I could see it, but that's pretty... I'd say it was like a pretty m- early mid range, you know. Okay. Uh, and then the other issue could be the graphics card. I mean, that makes a lot of sense if you have visual stuttering. Yeah, so it could be the graphics card itself is going out. Um, right. I don't think it's that the graphics card can't handle it because it used to be able to handle it. And the hard drive used to be able to handle it. So that's why I'm wondering if it's an actual equipment failure. That's that could just, be the case. It's, it's getting old, covered in you know, dust, got sucked into the wrong port. Uh, Something so, random. Yeah, it overheated at one point. I don't know. Or just, you know. And so. I'm hoping, so I'm going to dig into that and hopefully I can figure out the problem. So, well, so we can end this segment on a hopeful note of you might be able to solve your city skylines issues. I might be able to, yeah. Then I'd be back. And your zero K issue. And then, uh, and you'll be happy about this. We, we'll, we will do is we'll probably ditch our Lineage 2 updates and now you get City Skyline updates. Hey, I'll take that. City Skylines <laughs> is a legitimate game. Or even better, you'll get both. That's not better. <laughs> okay. That's just, okay. I mean, it, okay, it's better than just Lineage. <laughs> It's not better. Oh, dude. Okay. When I hit level 180, we're... Okay, so we're going to end this segment. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll talk to you in a little bit. <laughs> we are back to you live from our perspective, but not from yours. Hell yeah. So... Be happy. <laughs> and now we're going to be talking about some Blood Bowl 2, is that right? Yeah, well, uh, Blood Bowl in general, and then specifically Blood Bowl 2, uh, which is a game I'm about to start playing. Okay. So a friend of mine, uh, Jared Blondo, sent me a text message. Uh, of, you know, He's one of the guys, I know him through Party World Wrestling. At the, at the brewery. All right. Yeah, he's one of the, yeah. he's one of the guys who, who created it. Um, oh, man, he's got to be a character. 
Oh, he's awesome. Uh, he's actually from Houston, too, so he's cool. a fellow Rockets, like Rockets fan. Shout out to the Rockets. Rockets, yeah. Uh, probably going to the conference finals. Pretty sweet. The last, I can't remember the last time we had the best team in the NBA. Yeah, well, uh, I, I actually probably will watch these games. That was my what I needed for the Astros. I started watching in the ALCS. Yeah. So, equivalent for the Rockets, I'll be doing the same thing. I only, I only watched the World Series for the Astros. That's fair. But, I mean, that was also some of the most amazing baseball games. It was. Yeah. Basketball and baseball are about the same to me. I got you. They're not I'm football. Definitely more of a Rockets or basketball fan. Anyway, so we are not a sports a sports podcast. No. We're about a video game podcast. But uh, there is a, it's a sports video game, sort of. I mean, I Blood, Blood Bowl is, is a sport. It, you know what? It is. Oh, hey, good segue, Chris. <laughs> You're welcome. Speaking of uh, your favorite sport, football and video games, <laughs> uh, Blood Bowl 2 is a game uh, released September 22nd, 2015. It is uh, The original Blood Bowl was created by Games Workshop back in 1986. I did not know it was that old. It's based on the Warhammer license. The Warhammer Fantasy. Warhammer yeah. Fantasy World. Right. And, and we've talked about Warhammer 40K on this podcast. Right. Uh, which is the... I'm sure Warhammer will come up a lot. Warhammer yeah. is hard to avoid in well, the gaming world. Also, I don't want to avoid it. I love it. Yeah, well, I, sure. To be fair, my experience with the Warhammer Fantasy setting is very, very limited. Uh, I spend most of my time in the Warhammer 40K universe. That's to me, is the super fun one. Um, Donovore. Donovore, yeah. We'll just talked about before. Yeah, so like back in middle school, and you were you were not part of this group is what we'd established, right? I did not. After playing Magic the Gathering in sixth or seventh grade, the next year a lot of people started playing Warhammer 40k miniatures. It was uh we were in seventh grade. I okay. remember, I remember in science. Warhammer was seventh grade? Or, yeah, okay. Warhammer 40. So Magic must have been in sixth grade. I just remember it was the year after. Magic was sixth and grade. And I yeah. did not Want to, this is where my cheapness began. Okay. <laughs> was in seventh grade. I've, I've already spent however much money as you know sixth grader on Magic the Gathering. All of my allowance for the year. <laughs> I don't want to do that again for Warhammer. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, that's good. Uh, I but remember, you did. Yeah, I did. I remember sitting. You spent in, all of your allowance. I remember sitting in science class and me and a. Tommy Kramer was the guy's name. You remember him? <laughs> I remember Tommy Kramer. Yeah, he was an interesting guy. Oh, dude. I, and then uh, who else was playing with? I think. Gentry Atkinson was playing. Okay. And Chris that Lehman. And sounds right. There's a lot of old school names. Yeah, they're all just kind of coming back to me. Uh, and then Ben. Jeez. What's that guy's name? Ben something. Uh, Don't know. Probably would remember if you said his last name, but. I just remember he was a super dork, just like the rest of us. Right. <laughs> sure. Well, that's uh, that's how you get an Warhammer 49 <laughs> when, you're, when you're in seventh grade. Right. <laughs> So we picked up all the, so we started playing it. Um, well, let me rephrase that. We did not start playing it. Uh, and Jared Blonde and I connected on this uh, when we were talking about Blood Bowl uh, last, the other night. And uh, we discovered that for us, it was a lot more fun to just collect the miniatures, read the stories, and paint them than it was to actually <laughs> play the game. Okay. Uh, I think I played one game. Really? And I didn't finish it. How and much I, money did you spend on it? I, not, not like a crazy amount of money, but I spent, I've spent like, Countless hours just reading stories from it, uh, painting the miniatures. I painted miniatures for my friends. I got like sort of decent at it for a fourteen-year-old. All that uh, is cool. Or twelve-year-old, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, twelve-year-old. As long as you didn't spend a ton of money. No, I mean I didn't. I, I was like, I, dude, I was twelve. I don't exactly have a whole lot of money. To no, spend. right. That's why you know, right. Magic the Gathering. I was already tapped out by the end of that. I didn't want to go into another. Yeah, spending like, for something that was going to last a year, awesome. and it lasted a year. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, 
the War, the Warhammer 40k thing. Yeah, I mean, it I culmin- mean for, for our group, obviously it's persisted Yo, into yeah. now, but... So, yeah, so it kind of culminated in a big sleepover where we tried to have like an eight-way battle or something stupid like that. And <laughs> we just we just went way too too hard uh, for our first attempt at it. Well, as kids, all you're thinking is epic. Yeah, right. You want this epic, crazy battle that you're controlling. Yeah, and we saw so it. you go all the way and then realize we don't know. Yeah, this took twelve hours and we've done nothing. Yeah, super. Boring. <laughs> and I moved across the board. Super boring. Whatever. So we we uh, never played again. <laughs> but, but my love for the game never. I mean, still, yeah. Anyway, so uh, so to, this brings us kind of to you know uh, Blood Bowl Two, and uh, this is a video game developed by Cyanide Studios, published by Focus Home Interactive. Mm, yeah, Cyanide Studios. I believe it was a French developer who's made a bunch of games that could have been good. But a lot of them weren't. <laughs> uh, I know Blood Bowl is one of their better games. Yeah, well, I mean, but it's... they have a, a long history of this game has some really cool features. Why did they do the other things they did? Well, they, there's kind of a. Well, I guess it's not ironic because I'm aware of it, but maybe it's ironic because a lot of the people who play Blood Bowl, Blood Bowl here in America, are not aware of this fact. But Blood Bowl was originally created, uh, Games Workshop being an English company, as a parody to make fun of American football. Mm, really? That's how it started. Amazing. That, Are they all soccer hooligans? Is that why they're making fun know. of American so that, football? That was like the first. That was like the well. That's like the first trivia fact I found about it. Uh, sure. I don't know whether that's actually true or not, but as I read it, it was meant to be a parody of American football created by this British company in 1986. Uh, sounds legitimate. I mean, yeah, but it doesn't make the game. I believe you. <laughs> Obviously, the game is a huge success because here we are, 32 years later, and it's still. Still going strong, yeah. and I know this. So my first experience with Blood Bowl is that we at the brewery we hosted. Uh, we've been hosting a, a tournament like uh, every six months out in our warehouse, and I I'd never heard of Blood Bowl before. It was just I I knew very much about War, Warhammer Universe. Somebody's like, well, it's like Warhammer but football, and I was like, that's the weirdest thing I've heard <laughs> ever. Uh, sure, why not? And um, <clears throat> I didn't realize that it was an official game. I thought it was just something people had made up. Uh, oh. It was actually officially created by Games Workshop. They developed the rule set, and I think at some point they stopped supporting it, and the fan base was large enough to keep supporting it. Um, but obviously, they're getting back into it because they're creating these video games. Because there's now. a market for it now, right? Uh, so we would host it, and people would show up. You know, we'd open early, open the brewery up early, so pe- the people come in, and we give them the whole warehouse area. And they'd fill it up and play all day. Uh, it's impressive. I only knew about it because the video games kept popping up as recommendations for me on Steam. Okay. Since I like strategy and tactical games Blood and I like Bowl multiplayer games. So Blood Bowl would, you know, how Steam gives you recommendations. Right. So so one of the recommendations that would pop up frequently is Blood Bowl. Okay. Never actually gotten into it because right. I didn't have a group to play with or anything, but... You are about to enter a league of some yeah. sort? Yeah, so Jared hit me up and said, hey man, do you want to join uh, Blood Bowl League? So the idea is every Monday night we're going to sit down and uh, pair up. And I guess the league had already started, but they had they needed a few more people in, so he invited just like three more people, and I was okay. one of those people. So Monday nights we meet up, and we all jump onto like a group chat, and then we split out to play our individual games. Um, fortunately, he said most of the people in the league have never played before, so it's a pretty newbie league. Which is good because I've definitely never. You definitely want to be somewhere on the same skill level, at least with enough people that you're having fun. Right, and I was gonna download it last night and go at it, but I ended up playing the next game we're gonna talk about. Cool. Is this a good time to segue? Yeah. Do you have anything more to say about Blood Bowl? Uh, I'll have a lot more to say about it next week. 
Okay. Yeah, I guess when you actually sit down and yeah, play it, play, finally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start playing that, and I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am interested in it because, like I said, it's popped up multiple times. I've never actually gotten into it, but it does look like a fun game. I do have a Blood Bowl team manager card game. Do you really? It's a board game. <laughs> it's I've only played it once so far. It seems fun enough, but it's sort of a... Like CCG, Magic the Gathering type thing, deck builder mixed in with Blood Bowl plays in two hours. So Magic the Gathering meets Warhammer Fantasy meets football. Basically. Sure, why not? Why not? <laughs> I can't, I've only played it once, so I can say it was a okay game at least, but there's some cool components. I forgot about Blood Bowl. Okay. You can cheat in the game. Yeah. So that's a big part of Blood Bowl is cheating and getting away with it oh. so the refs don't see you. I'm so happy so that. So that's also yeah. in the card game and is a big part of the, the card game as well. You, you, I'm really happy you brought that up because that, that brought me back to what originally what I thought was the spiritual ancestor of this game, but now I realize is is derivative of this game okay based on the years it was released but the mutant league football right video game and the mutant league hockey the whole the mutant league series of the games, whole mutant league which i as a kid love those were fun play. oh they're so much fun those are like the genesis snes era yeah and the goal my my strategy was just just kill everybody on the other team of course because once you've killed all their players <laughs> they lose the game <laughs> they can't win <laughs> those games were really just a death match oh yeah you just, I mean, it was like the a, guys of a football or hockey yeah. <laughs> they're like mines in the field and players just keep dying randomly or explode <laughs> when you hit them too hard and you bribe the ref and they'd call like the I have to go look up what kind of penalties they would call but they'd just, they'd just be ridiculous I'm surprised so, they haven't done that Again, like some, yeah, either brought back mutant league football, hockey, or somebody who makes the same game as well, that. I feel like Blood Bowl is maybe might be kind of that. Coming it back. is, but it's turn based and tactical instead of a real time game. Uh, yeah, I would love to there's see a different aspect to it. You know, there's a there's a I'm about to go off a huge tangent here. There's always like a seems like a cycle in first person shooters and and sports games where they go. You know, hard, hard simulation, harder, hard simulation until it's like a super hard simulation. And somebody comes out with like Blitz. Right. And it's you go a, the opposite. You, go, you just flip, or like okay. you know, NBA Jam, it flips the other side. And then it gets crazier and crazier. And then people start getting back into hard, hard sims. Like take, uh, take Call of Duty. They started out with hardcore World War II sims. And then it came future, like got more present, and then it got kind of weird, and then it got into space at one point, and just got kind of crazy. <laughs> and now the most recent game is hardcore World War II. Season. Absolutely true. So I'm wondering if there's like a maybe there's a cycle there. So perhaps it probably is. If you look at first person shooters, well, going to the battle royale, PUBG is a simulation, more right. more on the simulation side, right. and then Fortnite is more on the arcade side. Right. And I think that's why it did so well. Is uh, PUBG needed a counter that was more on the arcade side, and that's Fortnite was the answer. Yeah. So now you have two very big communities split along those lines. Right. Uh, it's been interesting to see how that. Well, so anyway, my point there is maybe because we have like I feel like the golden age of sports sims are is fading. I could be wrong, but there was a time, especially ten years ago, where you know the newest Madden game, the newest NBA game, were such big deals, and I'm wondering if we're hope. I'd love to see a shift away from, you know, those hardcore sim games because, like, how much more? I mean, at this point, every year they release it. There's nothing really new. It's just that's they, why they I think players. they're not as. I mean, there's still a huge group of people that love FIFA. Is still an insanely huge, yeah. profitable game. Yeah. There's just like you said. There's 
Not really much more to do. Yeah. They're kind of done. So they have some graphical updates, add some new random feature. What they've been doing now is they have ultimate team in FIFA. So you kind of build your team of characters with, or players, with these cards that you get from drops. And then obviously you can pay for them as well. So that's kind of their new big thing. And they can release updates to that system. As opposed to changing the core gameplay mechanics... Now they're just changing yeah. kind of related features of the game. And so how often can you expect somebody to spend 60 bucks year after year on what is essentially the same game? I guess if that's the only game you play, it makes sense. It's not appealing to us because we play other games or we wouldn't be having this podcast. That's a good point. Otherwise it would be called the Madden podcast. Right, and then we would say, hey... Uh, they updated Deshaun Watson's <laughs> yeah. stats to 99 because he's the best quarterback of all time. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope so. That's gonna, you know, that's, I, I hope, hope that, that happens. I hope that's a prophecy. We'll look back at this moment. Hey, J.J. Yeah. Watt had that 99 rating for a little bit. Uh, and then there'd be, or maybe like the character, like the photorealism got slightly more photoreal. Oh, yeah, I can see a pimple now on the yeah. characters. Oh, my yeah. God, that's so cool. Man, the pores. <laughs> the pores on his face. Yeah. <laughs> I have made me a little happier. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, so for honor. So the point, yeah. So we <laughs> we, 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 we had honor. a perfect segue and we lost it. We uh, did. So the reason why I did not download it last night and play it was because I got hooked into a for honor game, which I've talked about at length before. So let's skip the whole, skip what it is, right. and get straight down to. So I've really got two stories I want to tell. So. You know, I only play it when there's friends online. I'm not. I tried playing it myself again the other day, and I just didn't have fun. It's just not. I'm not into it. And you play games to have fun. Yeah. So I, I, I jumped online, and, and uh, so one of my coworkers, Mike, one of the, my business partners, and then uh, one of our regulars, who's become a good friend of ours, they were both online. So I've gotten to play with them a couple times the last couple of days. Like everybody's just kind of in it in the mode right now. So I'm playing with two other people now. So it's a team of four. So three of us are chatting. So That's fun. Uh, first story I'm going to tell is we almost got, so we, we've been trying to get four people on at the same time, unsuccessfully. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we almost did it the other night when our friend uh, Josh, he jumps on and he's like, hey guys. And we're like, oh, wait, we're all here. It's like, yeah, let me get in. So he tries to load the game up and something glitches out. And so he's having some trouble. And uh, so we're in the middle of a match and he's just like, well, tell you what, I'm just going to close the app application and try to restart it. I'm going to have to restart my PlayStation. I don't know what he did, but somehow uh, he comes over to the chat and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> and we're like, what? what? So good. Like, what's going on, dude? And he's like, I think I deleted the game. <laughs> and we're just like, wait, what? <laughs> and he goes, yep, I deleted the game. <laughs> so now we're all playing and he's still in the chat and hangs out with us. And we're just like, every few games we're like, all right, how's, how's the download coming? Because <laughs> having to re-download the whole a few, thing. A few gigs down, yeah. a lot more to go. <laughs> so the saddest thing was like, by the yeah. time you finally got it downloaded, we're all like, well, I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I, I felt really I, bad. Well, he probably shouldn't have deleted the game. I don't know. I don't know how he did it. I don't uh, either. <laughs> he's like, I hit the X and... The X on For Honor and deleted it. Probably it's a lot easier to delete the game than it should be. Yeah, I, I really don't. You, you would think we would say, hey, are you sure you want to delete this game that's 50 gigs? I feel like it does. And it probably does. I would think so. That seems like a completely reasonable feature of a PlayStation. Yeah. Well, that sucks for him. Yeah, so we feel You're bad. close. So I'm okay. hoping... I'm hoping so it's like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And when it does, oh, it's going to be great. So we played we played a whole bunch of Forum last night. And um, this kind of ties into the second story I want to tell. But it's more about... Before I, before I get there, 
One thing I've learned about For Honor uh, is patience in fights. So when I first started playing, my thought was almost like button mashing in a in a um, you know in a fighting game, right? Your, your first instinct is just attack, 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 go, 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 go. You know, rush, attack, just just mash buttons, attack, never slow down. And what I've learned is, especially in For Honor, um, to it's important to slow slow yourself down. Because For Honor is very, the, the combat, now that I'm getting a better feel for it, I'm realizing just how um, strategic your fight needs to be. Like, you need, you really need to know your character's moves and you need to know what the guy you're going up against, or girl, you're going up against can do. So you know what you're ready for, what to counter, how to attack. It's very uh, similar to MOBAs and fighting games. Anything with a large cast of characters where you end up engaging in sort of these 1v1 or where you can engage in 1v1 situations, yeah. and they all have different skill sets and unique moves, and if you get caught by the wrong thing, you can get completely hosed, and some of it just comes down to knowledge. Yeah. And so there's a lot of knowledge in those games. And so that's what I'm learning, is with For Honor, there's a whole lot of knowledge, because we played a team, uh, so we won our first couple games, and then we, because when you, once you get a, like a group going, it's kind of the same players on both sides, just play each other over and over again. You do the round, and then you start the new round exactly. and go on. And so we were playing against this group of guys that were really good. Do you uh, play against, if you're a pre-made group of three, do you play against another pre-made group of three? Or does so. it just say whatever? Uh, okay. I mean, it'll hold groups together, obviously, but uh, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe there's not a big enough... But, community to make that happen. And they do that in League of Legends, I think, and Overwatch. Well, the people we were playing were definitely communicating like we were. Um, and they were, they, so they were really good. And I remember the first match, they just destroyed us. Uh, second match, I think we took it, uh, barely. Third match was a close one. Fourth match, they destroyed us again. It was just because we get in these one-on-one fights with them, and they were just better at fighting. Like, just, just, just better at the individual combat of yeah, the game. Yeah, when it came down to, when I'm, as I was slowing down and I was trying to defend myself, I was trying to block, cause you know, you run out of stamina pretty fast, so if you if you can block a couple attacks, they'll slow down. You can go at them, but then they're blocking your attack. So there's, you know, if it's finding the way, you know, if somebody puts up a shield, are you going to do a block breaker? Are you going to do an unblockable attack? Are you going to search the direction you're attacking from? You know, are you going to? There's, you've got so many options at any given moment, which sure. makes it a lot of fun. That sounds cool, but it also makes it difficult, especially when you, and also if you're really good at the game. That's you. you, you know, these people have figured that stuff out. And they can mix it up a lot better so that it's harder to read, I Right, assume. right. So the second story I wanted to tell, um, this is Mike was telling me about this yesterday uh, at work. He said he was in a um, uh, Dominion match. So Dominion is it's the typical, you've got point A, B, and C. You've got two teams. The longer you capture each point, the longer you hold the point, you get more points. And then the first one to a certain number wins. And for honor, once you've you know if you capture A, B, and C, you're going to get to a thousand points faster than them. And sure. once you break a thousand, their team is uh, basically broken. And if you kill them, they can't respawn. And so your goal in Dominion is to get you know capture the points, get as many points as you can, or capture the zones, get as many points as you can, and then um, once you break their team, you hunt, you kill them all. Interesting. And that's that's a different ending than so it's like normal King of the Hill until the very end where you. Have to eliminate them. Yeah. So what's but what's great about that is if you come to it comes down to one guy's left alive on your team and he recaptures a point back and it pulls it switches the score enough and your team rallies. Mm. So there have been games where like we're literally down to one guy and they're still chasing <laughs> him down and you capture a point because we've done well enough in the game and it rallies. It's still the team. pretty close. Yeah, and then everybody comes back to life. Okay. And I've seen some pretty epic uh, comebacks. Like that's one thing I like about it too is I've seen games where like the other team is. 
about to win, you know, and, and the losing team is like halfway where it needs to be. And, I, and I've been on that team before, and then like we literally come back all the way and win the game. That is really you know, cool. If you pull together and focus as a team. But so sorry, the story before we get too long in the right. segment. Uh, what's cool though is in, so in the, there is a dual <clears throat> there's a dual map you can play or a dual where you just do a one on one. Right, you can do that. Uh, but Dominion is more about taking on zones. However. Uh, Mike had gotten into a fight with somebody that was lasting like, I think he said like five minutes long. And it was such a good back and forth match that, you know, their other character, one of the guys on the other team showed up and then just like stood back. And, what happened. <laughs> and to give you a sense of this, normally in Dominion, the way you win is you get the two on ones or three on ones. So normally if you see something like that going on, you jump in there and help your guy take him out. Sure. It makes sense. So, I mean, it's a team game. Right. So what that tells me is those two guys are probably talking. He's like, Oh, hold on, hold on. This is a really good match. Let me, let me just fight this guy. And somebody on his team showed up and just started spectating too. So in the middle of this like Dominion match, it's supposed and you didn't to be, know the other random guy no, on I, your team. Yeah. Yeah. So Mike didn't, so Mike didn't, know them and uh so it, it based in this middle of this dominion fight the game mode like the players were just they, they were having such a good match that the players kind of stopped playing the actual game and just let these guys duel it out and just spectate it um and that's cool i like that aspect of gaming to just respect the fight enough yeah to let it play out it's a more important thing than who wins this game. You actually have a story you can tell and an epic battle between these two guys. Exactly. And not just, okay, cool, we won another game. You know, killing someone in a two-on-one is never noteworthy, right? But killing someone in a one-on-one that lasts five minutes, we're talking about it. Yeah, we're talking about it. I mean, that made it to made it all the way to our, our super popular podcast. And right, our super popular <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That, that maybe that other guy listens to. Maybe the uh, For Honor guy in the other field is going to stumble upon this one day and be like, this is this is me. That was me. That's never going to happen. But if it <laughs> might. <laughs> well, so I'm going to keep playing it. I'm now I'm seeing like the next level of skill in the game, and I'm, I'm really into it. So I'm going to keep going at it, see what I can do. I wanted to play it this weekend. Oh, yeah. It was this past free. weekend. There was a free weekend on Steam. Yeah. Uh, I went to this fighting game tournament, Texas Showdown, we'll get to in a second, uh, but it coincided with the free weekend, unfortunately, for For Honor, which I did want to try out. Oh, yeah. And for some reason, it went through the weekend, it ended at 3 o'clock our time on Sunday, okay. which was ridiculous. So I got home and then I couldn't play it, for, at least for free. I could. You know, Steam has a two-hour refund window, so I could buy it at some point and yeah. try it, but... I don't have a reason to do it right now, at least. Is 400 cross-platform? I don't think so. I certainly would be more interested if it was. Yeah, we should look that up. Uh, Pretty sure it's not, unfortunately. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's jump to a break. Okay. And then we're going to talk Texas Agreed. Showdown. Yeah, the first tournament of my young fighting game life. <laughs> All right. Uh, break times. Talk to you all in just a moment. That was weird. Jump back in. And we're back. So, For Honor is a fighting game, like uh, other fighting games. Yep. And the fighting games that. <laughs> I would play it where one-on-one games instead of For Honor is a team-based game that's also 3D and has some other stuff. I your segue there. Yeah, there we go. Thanks. 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 Yeah. Okay, one more clap. That'd be great. 
right. So <laughs> went to Houston from Austin yep. to this past weekend to play in my first fighting game tournament called Texas Showdown. It's the biggest fighting game tournament in Texas, as far as I'm aware. Okay. There were about 500 people there. Oh, wow. So this is a pretty big group. Uh, the biggest games were Street Fighter Five had about 180 people. Dragon Ball Fighters 150, Tekken 7 150. And some people traveled to this. And people traveled from several states away to come here. Most people were from Texas, but especially a lot of good players came from other parts of the country, possibly from other countries. I don't know outside of the U.S., but certainly there were a lot of people from out of state there. Was this game like on the like a championship circuit or like a? <laughs> it's part of both the tournament? so the two circuits that exist in the fighting game world are the Capcom World Tour oh. and the Tekken World Tour. It's not quite the names, but Tekken and Street Fighter both had their own tours. Okay, with twenty or thirty stops worldwide. And each one gives you a certain number of points for doing so well. Right? Like a normal tour, then there's some sort of championship event at the end of the season. Uh, so Street Fighter and Tekken 7 both had... Uh, it was an event for that. Okay. They were. It was a minor event. It looks like there's basically minor events and major events, or challenger events and master events, something like that. So I, I don't know exactly what that is, but I, it seems like it. you get less points yeah. than you would if it was a major event. But it is a stop on the pro circuit. But it is a stop on the pro circuit. So it is a legitimately important part of the fighting game world for for pro players. And you said there were 750 people for the Tekken? There were, no, 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 150 people for Tekken. Yeah, because I heard you say 500 people there. 500 people there total, and all split between a bunch of games. There were 12 games there. Most of the games had 20 to 40 people in them, so it was like Injustice. Uh, King of Fighters, Marvel vs. Capcom, lots of games. They even had old Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2 tournament. That's cool. Had Turbo Street Fighter 2 there. Hey. Had probably 50 people enter that. I played Killer Instinct, which I'd only played for two hours. So I got crushed. Crushed. <laughs> I didn't really even know what was happening. The other games I've at least played long enough to know why I lost. This, I just... Okay, I died. Cool. Yeah. Well, so when you said... I remember we were talking on the phone, and you said Killer Instinct, and my thought was the original... Killer Instinct from way back. Right. So if you don't don't follow fighting games super uh, deeply, yeah, you might think Killer Instinct from Super Nintendo. And a lot of people I talked to there were like, yeah, I played played it for Super Nintendo, and then I downloaded the game for computer, and just started playing it. The remake of it came out in 2013. I don't say remake. The new version of it came out in 2013. Say remake. Yeah, I mean, it's a different game. Yeah, the, okay. the mechanics are different than Re- they were for the Super Nintendo reboot. Reboot. Yeah. Came out for Xbox uh, One, free-to-play game. Oh, sweet. Also launched on PC, free-to-play, cross-play between Xbox and PC, which is pretty cool. They botched, I think, a lot of how they should have done free-to-play correctly. So it wasn't as popular as it probably could have been. Uh, How did they botch it? Uh, there's a lot we could go into with that, okay. so I don't really want to touch into it too much. Table it just wasn't a good way, I think, of doing free-to-play. And they even further that later with their Steam launch. Uh, one of the big things is there's no ranked play, cross-play between Steam and Xbox. Okay. Which is stupid and doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to do that because your lag is the same on both. Like, if you have lag, you have lag. Right? Right. It affects everybody universally. And there's no universal benefit to playing on PC 
versus a console like they're normally is. Like shooters is a big difference because a mouse and keyboard is more accurate than right. a controller. Right. But you're both using controllers when it comes to fighting games. Right. You could use a keyboard, but it's not beneficial or anything compared to using a controller. So there's no reason to do it. So those are the sort of decisions that they make that make absolutely no sense. Okay. Uh, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Killer Instinct is, was part of the event. There were lots of these different games. They were very cool and fun to watch. Even if I didn't understand exactly what was going on, it's really apparent some of the skill level that is there, mm-hmm. uh, especially when two players that are really good go at it. It's kind of hard to tell when two players who are bad, who are not bad, but like mediocre, who are equally skilled, how skilled they are or aren't. Mm-hmm. But then when you see them play a good player and the good player crushes them, and then you see the two good players play against each other. It's really impressive the back and forth that they have in these games. Because okay. you were saying how important kind of you learn patience yep. in For Honor. Well, that's the same thing that I really learned this weekend was the value of patience and waiting your turn to kind of strike at the right moment. And fighting games that uh, often comes down to calling with with punishment. Mm-hmm. So you wait for somebody to do a move that you are close enough to them that you can react and quickly take advantage of it. Uh, and that's when you see their life go down by 50%. Oh, if you okay. watch a fighting game and you see somebody do a crazy combo, that generally originates, at least at high level of play, because somebody did something dumb, like I did this crazy long attack, but I wasn't close enough to you to hit you, and the other person reacts and does whatever their crazy combo is. So you're kind of waiting for some, the other person to make a mistake. Right, and in the meantime, you're doing little jabs and little dinky hits, and you're doing some chip damage, and that is a huge part of the game as well. Of, of all of these games, but the big combos that you see people bust out at, at high levels originate because of that. At low levels, people just throw out stuff, and people don't know how to block it, or they don't think about blocking, or like you were saying, they just keep attacking. Right. So if you're constantly attacking, I'm just going to hit you with something, and it's going to hit, and then I can do my combo out of it. Yeah. Uh, it, but high levels doesn't really happen. And so there were a lot of good matches. We watched the Tekken 7 Top 8 on Sunday. Okay. I watched a little bit of the top eight of Dragon Ball, and I watched some of Street Fighter when I got back home. So how did you do in Dragon Ball? Because you've been talking about Dragon Ball almost every episode. Yeah, I entered three, well, four tournaments, but three games I've played with any sort of amount of actual interest. Right. So I played Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, and Seconds. Dragon Ball was the first tournament I had. I ended up uh, going one and two. Okay. I won one game. Actually, went two and two technically because somebody didn't show up, so I got a DQ win. Sure it counts. It's still a win, so two and two. I feel, right. feel so pretty good about your it. Your career record is 50%. I'm, I'm 50%. Yeah. I didn't, the way that these tournaments work is you get assigned a pool, and two to three players make it out of the pool. Mm. Uh, if you lose twice, you're eliminated from the tournament. It's a double elimination all the way through. Okay. And if you lose once in your pool, but you make it through the loser's part, you go into the loser's pool of the top 48 or top 32 players. Right. And then you go until you lose, or you make it back to the winners, and you fight them for the grand finals. <clears throat> so I went two and two. The player who won my group was really good. I actually played him in just a set of casuals, so yeah. just random matches before the tournament. He probably beat me ten to two in our set of games. Oh, wow. He's very, very good, and I learned a lot from playing him. Sure. Some of them were character-specific matchups. And again, we go into this, there's a big part of knowledge in these games. Yeah, getting getting your ass kicked is the best way to learn. Like Absolutely. Like that game, that, that team I was talking about, they, I mean, when they were just whooping us, I mean, I learned a lot from... And I think yeah. that's also a sign of a good game, that you can learn from those mistakes 
without having to go look up something online. Yeah. A lot of games, you you lose, but you don't really know why. And that can be really frustrating to have happen. I think it's something I enjoy about Tekken 7 over these other games, is it's very apparent why something happened. Mm-hmm. And a lot of 2D fighters, it's not quite as apparent just because of the animation style and the visual cues that you get from these games. Uh, so, and, and Tekken also has, you can hit people while they're on the ground. Mm-hmm. Other games, you can't do that. So there's sort of this wake-up period, and that adds a timing element that's not very intuitive. I got beat by that a lot in Street Fighter. Actually, that's why I lost. So getting into Street Fighter is the next game I okay, played. Yeah, played this yeah. at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Woke up early. Me and my brother got there at 10-10. So luckily, they were kind of running a little bit behind. We got there right as our matches were starting. Oh, I wow. checked in. I said, hey, I'm this person. He said, you sit down right now. <laughs> and, uh, and then I played some guy, and I lost. But it was a pretty close game. We had fun. Uh, but the second guy I played in Street Fighter, I was in the loser's bracket. Mm-hmm. I would stand up, and he would just immediately kill me, and I would go fall back down to the floor, and he would do it again, and I had no idea what was happening. Uh, like, I was trying to react and do quicker moves. I yeah. thought, if I do a, a light attack, it'll beat your medium attack. Well, that's not the case in the game. Okay. I asked him about it after, and he told me, this is what I'm doing, whatever. So, super helpful and friendly, but... I didn't know that until after the match was over. So, so what was he doing then? And so basically there is a uh, kind of a rock, paper, scissors element to waking up in Street Fighter. So wake up is when you fall down, you get knocked down to the ground, and then you get back up. Okay. And so if a player does a series of attacks, uh, you can't react with any attack to beat it. The only way you can react is you can block it. But if you block it, they could instead throw you. Uh, so there's sort of a read element to fighting the other player and predicting what they're going to do. Alternatively, you have uh, a DP, which is a dragon punch, uh, kind of a common term in the fighting game world. Uh, like Ryu's Shoryuken, the little thing yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. so thing. that's what that is, is a dragon punch. Okay. So multiple characters have this sort of rising attack. Spin, spinning uppercut. Upper so you can use that attack waking up to beat an attack. That's how you beat it. Okay. So if I had known that, that's what I could have done. I didn't know that, which is fine. Gotcha. Uh, so there's a, there's a but, but they could block that attack. So if they think you're going to wake up and do that, they'll block and they'll counterattack you. So it's there's all these little random, rock, paper, scissors. It's very like rock, paper. So it's like you just have to guess what they're going to throw. You have to guess based on how they're playing the game okay. what they're likely to do. And you could also just break down into blocks. Like both people block and then they go back to neutral. So it's like a, throwing a rock and a rock. At the same time. Mm-hmm, right, yeah. so that's okay. tie, you reset. Cool. Street Fighter I hadn't played very much, so I expected to lose both games, and I lost both games. Oh, but yeah. but I won a round in one of them. Hey, you met expectations. And I met expectations, there and then go. and then played Tekken later. This Tekken, I feel like, is my best game, okay. even though I've spent more time in Dragon Ball. I'm probably actually better at Dragon Ball, but uh, Tekken, I think the reason I don't do as well as I feel like I should mm-hmm. is because people have been playing this game since Tekken 3, Tekken oh, 2. Yeah. Way, and the game, way back. Yeah. game is super old, and it changes... But if you've played those games and you've been keeping up, you can adapt very quickly. Right. The first guy I played, he stomped me. And he didn't even make it out of our pool. So he's not that good. But he stomped me. And I asked him afterward how long have you been playing. He said, I've been playing since Tekken 3. It's like... Okay, but I don't I don't feel too bad about my ninety hours or whatever of play losing to you. I've played hardcore Tekken since. Right. Wow. And and I to give you an idea of I, why I think I'm decent at the game is uh, I'm a, in the 
kind of middle of the green ranks in the game, which means nothing to you, but is the equivalent of roughly gold in like League of Legends or Overwatch. Okay. So it's sort of gold is sort of where you start becoming good, but you're not great at the game. It's like a middle middle tier. Of the like like these people are all respectable at the game. Okay. Very so I feel decent at it for that, and I beat some players that are, you know, like. Diamond Masters level, which is like the highest level. I'll, I only beat them one game out of 30, but I can beat them occasionally. Uh, so I felt, okay, maybe I could do something. The second guy I played, I stomped him. Third guy beat me, but I could have certainly beaten him had I played better, just had a little bit more experience with right. the matchup. So I went one and two in second. All the games I had fun playing. And I played with casuals with a lot of random people, just, hey, uh, the kind of way the casuals work in the yeah. game is, yeah, is a very important part of going to fighting game tournaments. Because unless you're really good, you're going to lose pretty quickly in the tournament, right? There's 150 people. Yeah. Every game after the first set of eliminations, like, it gets cut by half constantly, right? Yeah. So for the most part, people there are not in a tournament. They're playing casuals, okay. which is, okay. there's just, I don't remember, 50 PlayStations or 70 say, PlayStations. Can you take a moment to kind of describe the scene? Uh, what was I should, yeah. That's that's a good point. Coming back. I get there, so it's in the Hilton in Houston. Okay. And there's a very big conference room and then a side conference room that they use for the tournament. So it doesn't take up a whole lot of real estate. I get there, I walk in, do my badge registration, are you staying at the Hilton? I didn't stay at the Hilton. Okay. I just stayed at my brother and then my mom's house. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they're used to it. Right. So family there, which is convenient. Didn't have to stay at the hotel. I walk in, and there's a little bit of a shop area. Right? They have a few vendors there selling whatever they're selling. They have the tournament stage for the main games set up at the front mm-hmm. with about 100 chairs or so, and then two big projector screens and some PlayStations there. And then the side where all the main action takes place, there's about, so there were, I'm going to say 20, low 20 number of stations. Each station had two PlayStations. So there were about 40 or 50 PlayStation 4s there. Wow. And they also had a few Xbox uh, ones for Killer Instinct. But otherwise, all these games get played on PlayStation. Okay, is that like an official tournament? PlayStation is what they use for tournaments. Okay. Just universe. PlayStation has the biggest fighting game audience by far. So it makes sense that it's on there. It's also really easy to set up versus having a bunch of different computers, for instance. Right. And Xbox just isn't an option because not all the games are on there. Especially like Street Fighter V isn't on Xbox, and that's the biggest fighting game. Well, it was coming out of Japan anyways. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so it all kind of makes sense. There are about 40 or 50 PlayStation 4s there, and there's also a little corner with another projector for all of the Twitch events. So all the projectors, three tw- three projectors, all with the Twitch matches, which show any time a pro-level player is about to do a match, they'll kind of pull them in. Okay. So, yeah, this guy this guy's doing pools. He's about to play. Hey, let's bring him in so we can show him on the Twitch screen. Okay. So and he'll, you know, annihilate whoever he's playing. Yeah, but he gets... But at some point... They start getting to the good matches, yeah. and it starts getting fun. So that's streaming, and that's streaming on Twitch. Well, it's good. And that's streaming on Twitch. I wanted to know if I would show up on Twitch, if like random people would show up on Twitch, because I just don't know how it's all going to work, right? It's the first time I've done this, and it's not feasible to show everyone on Twitch, right? Sure. There's just a bazillion matches going on at once when uh, a pool is happening. So every couple hours, they'll start a new pool for games, so maybe a Street Fighter and Dragon Ball is playing now. And those games, those PlayStations, are now off-limits. 
But during the times when they're not off limits, you can play these casuals, which is what I was about to get into. And that's a big part of these tournaments. Right. Is playing random games against random people and meeting them, and maybe you talk to them afterwards. You exchange phone numbers. Maybe you just play them in a few sets and you move on. Yeah. But the way that it works out is somebody will sit down and they'll start playing the game by themselves, practicing or just kind of occupying a space. Another person will come by later and say, "Hey, you want to play a game together?" And the answer is usually sure. <laughs> Because that's why you're there. Yeah, to play games. And then you play some number of games together, and then you, you go on your way. So I played games of, of Tekken and Street Fighter and Dragon Ball, all against these just random strangers. And I played mostly against my brother, but played a ton of matches with other players. And one of them really opened my eyes to high-level Tekken play. Okay. Uh, I played him for about 30 matches. He looked like he was a little bored with playing me, wow. but he played me, and it was really helpful. He made it to the top 48. So he's not that good in the grand scheme, but he was good to me. He was yeah. he's great at the game. Uh every time I was telling you about the whiff punishes, every right. time I did something wrong, he did a whiff punish on me and took away half my life. Wow. And I had not seen that before to such a high degree of success. Like almost every single almost time. every time I did a move from too far away that didn't hit him or didn't hit him long enough that he had to like have a block recovery. Right. He would turn around and do a bunch of damage to me. And so like little moves, like little jabs, he would even start reading what I was doing. I would do commonly we'll do two jabs in a row. Yeah. And that's fine online. People just block it and then we get into it in the next part. But he would wait for my second jab, duck it, and then launch me in the air and do a bunch of damage. Wow. Hadn't happened before. So watching that happen, especially that consistently, yeah. was eye opening to what I had to do. And so eventually I learned I'm gonna do my first jab. Stop, and then I'm gonna wait till he ducks and then kick him in the air. There you go. So I eventually got, but he adapted quickly to me. Well, I mean, so, and that's what makes fighting games so much fun. Is if when you're playing at that level, it's about you know reading, counter reading, you know. And that's what opened my eyes to how much reading the opponent. I know reading the opponent was important, and I know not getting too stale with your moves is important. But I didn't realize just to that level until I played that guy, and that's such a universal thing for fighting games. But it's especially true for. Tekken and Street Fighter because they're a little bit slower paced. Mm -hmm. So the way that you read opponents, you have a little bit more time to look for things they're doing as opposed to like, like an anime fighter is usually really fast. Mm -hmm. So those are a little bit more kind of gut calls, just quickly doing stuff. Right. But I have a little bit more time in Tekken and Street Fighter to learn and to adapt and to think about what I'm doing, what my next steps are going to be. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, so the tournament ended. Uh, I think all the favorites won the tournament. Street Fighter is a little bit tighter because it just draws in a lot more people. Yeah. But the, the Tekken and the Dragon Ball matches both were pretty stops in the finals, any, which was crazy. Any big upsets at all? or No, but the grand finals was pretty fun to watch on YouTube. So okay. there's this guy, uh, Mina RD, or Arminard, I think it's Mina RD, guy from the... Uh, Dominican Republic, okay, and somebody called Knuckle Do from the U.S. We're, we're we're playing, and they had a very good match against each other. Right. The crowd starts chanting Knuckle Do, Knuckle Do, Knuckle Do. I don't know why he's a fan favorite. He plays a lot of characters, and he does a lot of interesting play styles. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's what happened, but regardless, they started chanting, chanting Knuckle Do, Knuckle Do, and the game came down to like the last hit or something. Oh, nice. Uh, and then. 
the Mina RD one, and he got up. And he was like, "Yeah!" He's just like he points, puts his finger to his face, oh and it's like gosh. silencing the crowd. Oh my god! Uh, it was very intense. And then it was like a few buddies get up and like start waving the Dominican flag around or something. Awesome! It was super intense, especially compared to Tekken and Dragon Ball. Like they won, and it was sort of a amicable. Hey, yeah. good job. Whatever, but this Street Fighter just for whatever reason, probably because a lot of crowd, right? Yeah, just yeah. builds a lot of this emotion and then Energy, they yeah. feed off of it one way or the other. That's super that was a cool end to the whole thing. Right. Uh, and now, uh, Dreamhack is coming. Yeah, up. so now we're thinking about Dreamhack, which is going to be June first, early June, June in Austin. Yeah, and I just bought my tickets. You bought a full. full I bought. Weekend. I bought. I just went ahead and bought the full weekend. So I went ahead into the uh, our scheduling system at work and said I'm off those three days. Okay. So I'm gonna probably get. I'm probably gonna buy a three day pass next week or later this week. Right. And uh, yeah, it, it should be fun. I'm going to. So I signed up for. They have a lot of fighting games yep. as well, and uh, and other games. I think they have Hearthstone and some other easy accessible tournaments. Uh, but I signed up for, again, Street Fighter, Dragon Ball, and Tekken, all okay. of those tournaments. And they're all included with your pass. Uh, unlike Texas Showdown, you buy a pass, and then you pay an entry fee into each game. Okay. DreamHack, it's all included. So I could have signed up for every single game. Is DreamHack also on the pro circuit? DreamHack is also part okay. of the pro circuit. That's cool. uh, maybe not for both games, but I believe it is for both games. Yeah. They both have... $2,500 prize pools oh, for the games. Well, I gotta look into, I gotta look into see if I'm gonna enter any tournaments. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. I mean, I don't play any fighting games regularly, so. Maybe, maybe enter one. <laughs> I might enter one. I'll I would see. say, I'd say Tekken is the most button masher friendly. <laughs> it's like, might be able to win a match. So maybe you can win a round. Yeah. I don't know a match, but you can win a round. Win a round. Okay, sure. Well, I appreciate we'll, it. We'll take that. Yeah. Photos, so comes. I meant to actually say this as a quick uh, side note of that tournament. There was a... Uh, Texas Showdown? Texas Showdown. There was a demo for Soul Calibur Six. Yeah, you did mention that. That game is pretty awesome, and I think will be the most beginner-friendly fighting game that's come out okay. in a long period of time. Uh, there's not... So most fighting games, you get turned off... A lot of people get turned off with a long series of combos, right? Either because you're not playing because you're getting combo to death, or because you have to memorize ten buttons in a row. Yeah. Well, this, you really only are doing three attacks of combos at a time. It's a lot more of positioning and uh, getting into the right, like, blocking at the right time, attacking at the right time, moving around the map. Mm -hmm. It's got a very fluid 3D dimensional movement system, and you've got these cool power-ups that uh, you slowly accrue over the course of the round that you can spend at key moments in the battle. Mm -hmm. I think Soul Calibur Six. If somebody is looking at getting into fighting, like one-on-one -on -one fighting games, but is kind of turned off by what's available right now, mm -hmm. when that comes out later this year, it will be something that people should look at. All right, I'll, it sounds like something I should take a look at. Yeah, all right, That's That's neat. Well, uh, my last question before we call it a day: mm -hmm. um, DreamHack, as as everybody knows, is super famous for its cosplay competition. <laughs> what are you going to go as, Chris? Oh, uh, there's this guy named Chris who's pretty cool. Uh, he wears jeans and a, a sweater sometimes. I do have some gaming-related shirts, so I'll be bringing those. Does that count? No. And, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a big cosplay scene. And DreamHack has got 12 or something of them worldwide now. It's, it's a, a big crazy one, yeah. So I'm, I've actually never been to... I mean, I've seen cosplay in life, but I've never been to a uh, convention where that was a major aspect of it. 
So it is pretty neat when you walk around and you see. Oh, here's Deadpool. Yeah, here's Chun Li. I'm interested to see that. That's something I think would be fun. But uh, we're not entering the. Uh, there's a gigantic land party happening. BYOC. We're not entering that this Correct. year. Are we? Are we entering that? No. The BYOC. Yeah. Nah, I don't. I don't want to bring my computer. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm with you. There are there at least. Last time I went, there was a section uh, you could just sign up and use computers that they had. Okay. They use those for the tournaments. Like if they have so the Hearthstone tournament, right, you play on PC, yeah. so they'll have turn- computers set up for that. And so you can go in there and wait in line and then play games with other people. Okay. So that's one way of playing computer games. And then there's also the giant expo hall, and they have PlayStation set up in another room where you can just rent yeah. whatever random game. That should be fun. Well, yeah, it's, so, it's a good time. So we're going to go, but that's not for a few weeks. Uh, but that should be fun. We'll try and record from DreamHack, I think. It'd be fun, I think. We should, we absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one ran a little long. <laughs> Seems to be... My coffee's wearing off. A, a common thing from the past two weeks. Yeah. We're just, we're just like talking. Yeah, I know. And that's what happens. That's what I'm trying to listen. All right, well, uh, let's say we call it here... Until next week. This is a good time to call it. I'm satisfied with our discussion. (laughs) Yeah. We can continue on with our week now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm John. I'm Chris. And um, that's the end of this week's pod. Unnamed podcast. podcast. Until next week, maybe. Hopefully. Please. I'm not holding that up. You maggots. Yeah. <laughs>